Hello, everyone. It's great to be here again, sharing something of God's word with you. Um, I'm going to be continuing with our sermon series on the God of encounter. And I'm going to talk to you today about Mary, the mother of Jesus. I'll be dipping into Luke 1, verses 26 to 38. I'll be reading it from the NIV version, and I'll read that to you now. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favoured, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his word and wondered what kind of greeting it might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever and his kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Let's just pray. Father God, we just pray that you open our eyes, open our ears and open our hearts to what you would like to say to us today through your word. Just come by your Holy Spirit now and minister to us and speak to us. In your almighty name, amen. Mary is the only person talked about in the Bible who witnessed both the birth and the death of Jesus. And that in itself makes her pretty unique. It would be so easy just to jump straight into Mary's encounter with Angel Gabriel and look at that, how that had changed her. But I think it's important to look at Mary's background and see how that had influenced her responses to what God had called her to do. Outside of that encounter with the angel, there's not a great deal written about Mary. She's usually mentioned alongside Jesus, him being the focus in the text. But what do we know about Mary? Well, she was a, a peasant woman, possibly from the line of David. She was probably in her early teens. At that time, girls were able to marry soon after puberty, as young as 12 years of age. She then became the wife of Joseph, who was a carpenter. It's believed that she came from a godly home of devout Jews. In the time period that Mary lived, girls were not always trained in Holy Scripture. But one can assume that Mary was, as she demonstrates a knowledge of Scripture and her praise of God. And we see that in Luke 1 verse 46, when she speaks of the, the words of that Magnificat to her cousin Elizabeth which include at least a dozen quotations from Old Testament scripture. Mary's parents have clearly provided her with solid foundations of scripture, which help her to live out her life as a godly woman, wife, and mother. Many of you will know that just before lockdown, our adopted children came to live with us. 
Neither of our children had ever attended church before or been brought up with any type of faith. But just 11 weeks in, our our little two-year-old daughter can't get enough of of the Bible stories. At night time, she will bounce up and down on her bed, crying out, read the Bible, read the Bible. She's always the first one to pray at mealtimes. And even when she plays with her little dollies, she'll pray to them. In one so young, it's just so lovely to see that childlike appreciation for the place of scripture and prayer in our life. And even although she might not yet realize it, she's laying down foundations that will impact her for life. I guess that one thing that this virus has afforded us is the opportunity to reassess what's important in our lives and the lives of our children. It's so easy, isn't it, to get sucked into a round of clubs, of sports, of exam preparation, pushing our children to equip themselves for life and just completely forget to prioritise reading and understanding scripture and deepening their and our relationship with God. The other day I was speaking to a young girl who goes to Cambridge University. She said that her course is filled with people who've lived in this sort of educational bubble where they're schooled, pushed and moulded for academia but then they struggle to cope with having to look after themselves, feed themselves and manage their emotions. We need to protect our children. We need to ensure that we are protected so that we can stand firm when the storms come. And they will. We're, we're currently in the midst of a storm that's affecting the entire world. And it's faith that will carry us through. It's understanding who God is and what his promises are that will push out fear and help us not only to stand firm in his word, but continue to live out his plans and his purposes in the midst of the storm. Mary understood the promises of scripture, which meant when she was called by God to do something dangerous, terrifying, and potentially life-threatening, She was obedient to that calling. Equipped with the promises of God, Mary's response was simply, I am the Lord's servant. May it be as you have said. In other words, use me as you will. I am your servant. I offer up my my body, my life, and my own plans as a living sacrifice to you. This is an extraordinary act of obedience which comes out of encountering something of the Spirit of God through the messenger of the angel Gabriel and through her solid grounding in Old Testament theology. Mary's willingness to do God's will would come at great cost. She risked ridicule as a young unmarried mother. She risked rejection by Joseph when he found out that she was with child. And as she was betrothed to Joseph at the time, she risked being stoned to death for adultery. As she was betrothed to Joseph, I'm sure that Mary had plans for her life. But she also risked those plans to give birth to a child who would grow up to be despised, ridiculed, and ultimately to die a horrific death on the cross, not only for our sins, but for her sins too. 
Mary encountered the Spirit of the Lord and faced with the disruption, the danger, the heartbreak that God's plans for her life would bring, her response was one of overwhelming joy. Only a personal conviction of the righteousness of God and his love for his people and an encounter with the Holy Spirit where his spirit testifies with her spirit could translate into such unshakable faithfulness and obedience. Mary didn't hear a rushing wind. She didn't see a burning bush or hear the audible voice of God. Her encounter with God was first through the Holy Spirit, living and breathing in God's word, and then through the messenger of God. It's important to recognize that we don't get to choose how and when God reveals himself to his people. But she was open to him being at work in her life. And she had something priceless inside. She was a woman of faith who loved God deeply. So when the Spirit spoke, she listened and she obeyed his commands. God has called us to use our entire life to serve. We're not called to do church, but to be church. We're called to submit our lives to Jesus, allowing the Holy Spirit free reign in our lives, resulting in unspeakable joy and blessing. It says in Psalm 16, verse 11, you will make known to me the path of my life. In your presence is the fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forever. Only his will and only in his will can we experience the life and abundance that the Bible speaks of. And Mary's life was one of constant obedience to God. She remained steadfast with her son throughout his life. And after his death and resurrection, she joined the disciples in the upper room to experience God's great gift to his fledgling body of believers when he poured out his Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And she was then part of those who brought the gospel to the early church. And through it all, she knew the great joy that comes with motherhood, but she also endured incomprehensible pain. As the New Testament tells us that she saw her son hated, reviled and crucified. So what can we learn from the life of this amazing godly woman? Well, the first thing is that Mary immersed herself in God's word. As a young girl in biblical times, Mary was unlikely to have had much of an education. But it was clear that she understood the teachings and the prophecy of Old Testament writings. She was also present at the birth, the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus as the word became flesh. She was one of his first disciples learning what it is to be a follower of Jesus. Church, we need to be a people of the word. We need to take time to meditate over it, allow the spirit to speak to us through it and take time to develop our relationship with God. John Piper wrote, quoting also from Philippians, this is the heartbeat of our Bible reading to know and enjoy the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, for whom even our greatest lover considered nothing. This is the highest task of Bible reading, not to internalize a dry list of do's and don'ts, nor to find instruction or wisdom for living, but to know and enjoy God more.
Let's get to know God more, church. The second thing was she was immersed in the Spirit. Mary was open to the presence of the Holy Spirit as she, as he revealed the character and the purpose of God through Scripture. She experienced the Holy Spirit in her meeting with the angel Gabriel. And as God revealed his plans for her life, as the Spirit brought them to fruition. She allowed the Holy Spirit to work through her when she met with her cousin Elizabeth, as her child literally leapt in her womb. And she received the Holy Spirit along with the disciples at Pentecost, as they were commissioned to take the gospel to the nation and the nations. The Holy Spirit was alive at work in the life of this remarkable, humble woman. And we too need to be a spirit-filled people. We need to welcome him into our lives. We need to present ourselves as living sacrifices. We need to extend an invitation to an ever-present God to take over our hearts, submitting ourselves fully to him so that we might experience his presence more in life-changing and transforming ways. Why don't we just do that now? Wherever you are, just hold up your hands now, close your eyes and just pray along with me. Holy Spirit, just come this morning, fill us afresh. I invite you into my heart, into all areas of my life. Nothing in here is hidden from you. There are no no no-go areas. Please have your way in me, in your almighty name, amen. And if you don't yet know Jesus, you also have the opportunity to invite him into your life. You just need to ask, and you can do that now by praying this prayer. I can pray along with me wherever you are. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I have sinned and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again. And I turn from my sins and I invite you into my heart and life. I want to trust you and to follow you as my Lord and Saviour. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, then for the first time, I urge you to get in touch. There'll be an email um, address on the screen. Just contact us because we'd just love to follow you up with that. The next thing that we can learn from Mary is that she teaches us to be obedient to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. God's plan for Mary was not what she'd asked for. It wasn't to fulfill a petition that she'd prayed to God, but to announce God's will for her life. And God's plans for our life often require us to change our plans. Mary asks for clarification about God's plan. How will this happen? As we seek to be used for God and step out in obedience to him, He'll call us out of our comfort zones. He will challenge us to do new things. And Mary's questioning led to a greater revelation of God's plans and God's purposes. And Mary's response to the revelation of God's plans was just to say, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. And then you hear these words echoed in Gethsemane when Jesus, her son, declares, "Not yet not my will, but yours be done. Mary's basically saying, I'm opening, I'm open to being used. My life is yours. My plans are yours. I open, I offer myself up as a living sacrifice. 
Last week, we heard Richard preach on Isaiah's encounter with God, where his response to the question, whom shall I send, was send me. And this week, Mary's response to God's plan for her life is, may your word to me be fulfilled. Mary affirms that foundational truth that underpins our life as disciples of Christ, obedience to him. And as you allow the living, breathing word of God to speak to you and the Holy Spirit to come in and access every area of your life, you will be called to sacrifice. You will be called into his plans and his purposes. And at that point, you will have a decision to make. Am I servant or am I master? Is it his plans for my life or is it my desires for my life? What is your response? Is it going to be, may your word be fulfilled, send me? And then finally, Mary's response to being used by God was to rejoice. Mary may not yet have fully appreciated the cost and sacrifice that she was being called to when she submitted to God's will. But she would have understood some of the risk associated with having a child out of wedlock. And yet her response was of unspeakable joy. She can barely contain her excitement as she shares with her cousin Elizabeth, speaking the words of that Magnificat. My soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of my humble state, the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done a great thing for me. Holy is his name. And it goes on from there. How amazing is her response? Spirit-filled obedience to God's plans and purposes in our lives produces joy. And I've just got a small example of that from what God has been speaking to me about. Recently, we've been doing what we called pop-up church, sharing a worship song, a short message, and blessings in different parts of Bedford. And I felt really convicted by God to get out and share the gospel message. And the first couple of times I've done this, it's been with Richard Green. And so I've not felt massively out of my comfort zone with him there to be able to step in. However, last Sunday, I went out with a couple from our north side, Shanice and Chris, to an area in Queen's Park. And I must admit, I was massively nervous. I was totally out of my comfort zone. And I had Shanice and Chris looking to me for advice on what to do. I was about to share Jesus with people, many of whom already had a strong faith, which wasn't Christianity. What if I offended them? What if I upset people? What if it led to confrontation? And I must confess, at one point, I nearly called Richard to ask him to take over. But along with Shanice and Chris, who I have to say were also nervous, I stepped out and with God's grace, it went well. We had a number of people come out to listen and even had some recording our time out there. And afterwards, I felt so elated. I was literally bubbling with excitement and real enthusiasm to just go out there and go again for God. Obedience to God's plans and purposes in your life produces joy. 
You get to step out and do what God has ordained you to do. And he meets with you at that point of obedience and gives you all that you need to just fulfill his plans and purposes. And that's the life that he has promised us. That's the life of abundance. And the great thing is that all believers get to experience that inexplicable joy as we step out to the will of God. So what are you waiting for, church? I'm just going to pray to end. I just thank you for listening. Father God, I pray that you help us to go deeper in your word. I pray that you fill us with your Holy Spirit this week. And I pray that actually more and more we step out in obedience to you and submit ourselves to your will. In your almighty name, amen.